Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 23 of Connection Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hey there, my name is Amy Kelly, and I'm also known as the Ish Girl, and I'd just like to welcome you to today's episode. I am so excited that you're here with me because it is our second installment of the Connection Not Perfection Summer Lit Club. And the book that we're gonna be talking about today is Moxie by Jennifer Matu. And I'm super excited because my daughter is going to be discussing it with me. I thought it would be really fun to give you guys an idea of how we talk sometimes as we discuss books or movies or TV shows or Netflix shows, that kind of thing. So I'd like to welcome my daughter. Again, I'm not using her real name and the name that she's chosen to go by on the show is... Casey. Casey. All right. So welcome, Casey. I'm so glad you're here. So before Casey and I get started, I just want to remind you that I would love for you to head over to my website or you can um, link in the show notes to be able to go and sign up for the Summer Lit Club if you're not part of that yet. And also you can sign up to receive my weekly news emails. And in those, I share information and stories and just lots of fun stuff that I don't share anywhere else. So I just really encourage you to sign up for that. And then also I want to remind you that next month for next month's edition of the Connection Not Perfection Lit Club, I am going to be giving away several Amazon gift cards ranging in value from $10 all the way up to $50. So if you want to get signed up for the Summer Lit Club and start entering for that sweepstakes, I would love for you to do that. And you can go to the ishgirl.com forward slash EP17, and that's the episode 17 um, webpage where you can find out all the details and information about the Summer Lit Club. So now that that is all done, I am ready to get started with Miss Casey to talk about the book. So I know that you just finished this book today, right, Casey? Right. Okay. And so my first question is, did you like it? Yeah, I did. What did you like about it specifically? if anything, or what was your favorite part about it, I should say? Well, my favorite part about it was that I don't think I've ever read, like, a feminism book before. Okay. So I guess it was just really interesting to hear this story about a girl, like, standing up for women. Okay, I love that. So, and that was actually going to be one of my questions for you. So before you read read this book, like, what was your idea of feminism? Well, before I read it, I really didn't have, like, a clear picture. I just thought it was, like, people who supported, like, equality. Okay. All right, so people who supported equality. And now, having read the book, has your opinion about it changed? I mean, I guess it's changed to where now I feel like it's more common for someone to be a feminist. And, like, it's not such a big, like, big label, I guess. Right. Right. 
So here's what I'm curious about, because I know we live in Texas, just like the book is set in Texas. And although the book is set kind of in a tiny town, and I would say we live in a little bit larger town that has a little bit more, I don't know what you would say, kind of like red tape structure within the school system. And we'll get back to that in a, in a minute and I'll explain what I mean. But I kind of feel like for me, feminism has always been kind of, I've, I've perceived it to be kind of a dirty word. Does that make sense? Not like a bad word, but, but more there's a negative connotation with it. Like feminists, a lot of times I hear the word feminazi. I don't know. Have you heard that? I never heard that, but I know what you mean. Like I definitely, the first time like I would hear that word, I would think, oh, that's weird, you know? Yeah. Like militant and, and angry. Like that's kind of the picture I, I have. And I, but I really liked this book because I feel like it changed my idea of it a little bit. That, along with some other things that have, you know, that I've read recently that have come up. Did you have that negative connotation at all in your mind beforehand? No, not a negative connotation. Just more like I just I had like weird thoughts towards it. Weird thoughts towards it. Okay. All right. Maybe like it. it's like that, that could never be me. Right. Right. Now... For me, just based on the book and what it's talking about, feminists and being in that, I feel like I am one, right? Like, Yeah, I definitely related to that. Yeah. And I really loved the relationship between Vivian and her mom, I think because since I was in college in the 90s and it talked a lot about her mom being in, the co- in college in the 90s and in the book, Vivian finds, I think, what did she call that box? It was like my misspent youth. Her mom had had this box of stuff that where she collected things from when she was younger called and she labeled it my misspent youth and so I really loved that and reading about all the different bands and the different kind of zines which are magazines that they did back then because it did remind me of when I was in college what did you think about all that like the how Vivian found that box well I definitely can't relate to that but I really like I didn't really understand because I didn't know about any of that stuff. So. Okay, so you weren't familiar with any of, of that kind of thing? No. No. Okay, so what was, like, your very, very favorite part of the book? Or did I already ask that? Like, was there a favorite scene or a... Definitely, I feel like this would be everybody's, but definitely the walkout. Okay, and talk to us about what that was. Well, one of the girls who was, like, who's, like, the head cheerleader, Emma, uh-huh. she, like... She's always been, like, the quiet girl who followed the rules. And I just, like, I just remember reading the part where she was, like, yelling at the principal and, like, everyone was cheering her on. And I don't know. That was just a really cool moment. It was, like, a really dramatic, moving moment. And and just in case people are listening who haven't actually read the book, which I hope you have before you listen to our discussion, because I think there probably will be a few spoilers as we talk. But talk to us about what that walkout was about. Do you remember... why Emma led that walkout? Well, Emma led that walkout because she had been sexually assaulted by one of the football players who was the principal's son. Right, and she wasn't actually physically assaulted. It was an attempted physical assault. Yes, it was an attempt. Yeah. Which is still... Still still horrible, but I just want to clarify. Yeah. So she went and told the principal, but the principal did nothing about it. They were like... Oh, they probably didn't mean to, you know. Well, and added to that fact is the boy that she 
that tried to rape her was the principal's son, right? Yeah. So he was definitely biased. Right. So I think when you say like she was yelling at the principal and like having read the book, I'm like, yes, she was. I was so excited about that. But if you don't know the context, that can be like, whoa, what? (laughs) Yeah. Which is funny because I think you of all people would be like the last person to yell at an authority figure. You yourself, Miss Casey, right? I don't know. You don't know. Can you can you imagine yourself doing that? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to picture that in my head right now. I think I could see it. Okay, but anyway, so Emma posted these flyers that were like, join the walkout on whatever the date was, because I can't remember his name, something Mitchell. Mitchell Mitchell was the boy's name. Yeah, Mitchell, like, attempted to rape me, and the administration did nothing about it, and so it just kind of led into that. Right. Okay, and that's something else that I think was really interesting. Having been a teacher myself, and again, it's been many years ago that I was a teacher, so I know things have changed some, but all of the different incidents in the book, and there were several of them, like where uh, boys would wear these horrible shirts that said horrible, like very sexist things on them that I just, they were bad. So there was that, and then there was, I can't remember, like there, there was like a little catchy phrase for it, but where the boys would like try to trip the girls and then grab them like prop pop their bras or gr- yeah pinch their behind grab what is it bump and grab bump and grab okay that's what it was so yeah so there was that and then there was um i guess they had like a march madness thing where they would rink the girls right and and kind of bracket them and put them up at e- against each other and this was horrible i thought and like the girl who won who was emma by the way i think right yeah. she was kind of quote unquote one they caught the title was the the most, and I'm not going to say the word, I'll just say the most F-able girl in the school, which is awful, obviously. So all those things went on. Does that seem like something, because in my mind, I would like to think, and maybe this is naive, I would like to think like, no way this would ever happen in real life, like at your school or, or, you know, whatever. What are your thoughts on that? Did you read that and think, yeah, this could totally happen? Or did you think, yeah, this is a little dramatic and it's just a book. I don't think that it could really happen where I am right now, maybe somewhere else. Well, I guess in my head, I thought it can happen, but not at that level. Like that level was so like organized and just like, you know, something that obvious, something that would be in a movie you know right right okay so if things like that that aren't quite at that level that wouldn't happen but do you do you think that there are things that do happen or are there things that do happen yeah definitely like I definitely know that like guys will grab girls butt and just like stuff like that at your school yeah okay and so you just finished middle school so we're we're talking like the oldest kids there what 14 Right, maybe 15. Okay, so that happened. Did that ever happen to you? No. Okay. But to girls you knew? Yeah. And so what would happen? Well, you really, like, you... I guess the only reaction I know that had happened was the girl would just tell them to stop, you know? And they would just, like, laugh. Wow. So were you ever kind of fearful of that happening to you? Or was it ever, like, you felt... Because I know, okay, so in the book, one of the things that Vivian said or what she thought, and this was about her boyfriend, 
Seth, who seemed like a really great guy and was really supportive throughout the book. But here, I, I'm going to read because I actually... I wanted to, to put this into it because I thought it was so important. Seth is a guy and he can't ever know what it feels like to walk down a hallway and know that you're getting judged for the size of your butts or how big your boobs are. He'll never understand what it's like to second guess everything you wear and how you sit and walk and stand in case it doesn't attract the right kind of attention or worse, attracts the wrong kind. He'll never get how scary and crazy making it is to feel like you belong to some big boy monster that can grab you whenever and however it wants so so I guess what I'm asking is do you feel that kind of constant cloud over you of somebody might grab my behind or I'm being judged all the time or or kind of what she's talking about in that quote that her boyfriend didn't get do you feel that kind of heaviness over not heaviness but you know what I'm saying well I think that in the beginning of sixth grade that was like something I did feel because it was all so new and like I just I really felt that because I didn't know what else to feel you know mm-hmm. but towards the end of sixth grade I was just like the only opinion that matters is mine okay. and I definitely didn't feel like the cloud of boys you know gonna try to that might try to grab you or whatever yeah that was not something I felt but like I knew that happening in seventh grade, which I still didn't feel like it would happen to me. What do you think made you feel like it wouldn't happen to you? I I think that was the kind of stuff that would happen like at school, but it would happen after school. Uh, okay, okay. So I usually just like get out really fast, so it doesn't really matter. Okay, so you were going, like coming to the car for me to pick you up really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's good to know. And Go. then definitely in eighth grade, I did not feel like the pressure of like how I walk, how I dress, how I look, like I didn't care. Okay, I'm so glad to hear that. Yay, all right. Okay, so it sounds like you you have had friends who, who maybe have had their behinds grabbed or whatever. And in the book, Viv's best friend at one point, her best friend Claudia, comes over and tells her that Mitchell, who is, again, the star football player and is later um, accused by Emma of trying to sexually assault her. So Mitchell had shoved Claudia against the wall and squeezed her breast. What would you do if a friend came to you and told you that had happened to them? Like, do you feel like, I I mean, obviously you would empathize with them and talk to them about it and try to be there for them as a friend but would you try to do anything or how would you handle it well first I would definitely like I would comfort them and I would like you know talk about how the other guy's like a jerk all that stuff because that's like the obvious stuff but then I would after their like emotions had died down I would try to talk to them about going to someone so that all of it could be taken care of, you know, because that person needs to be held accountable for it. Right. And you know what? I think that's a really good way to put it because I think that's what the issue was in the book, right? Like none of the boys were held accountable for anything, right? Because all because of football, basically. That was like the root of it. Right. So explain what you mean by that. Well, since they had built up this huge, like, I don't know, I would call it like school spirit I guess towards their football team 
Like, they would do whatever it takes to win. Whether it was taking money from the school budget to pay for a scoreboard or just, like, doing whatever it takes to keep the football players out of trouble, like, giving them a perfect discipline record just so they could play in the game to win because that's all they cared about. So... Part of this, I think, too, was this feeling that Vivian had of kind of looking at her life and how it was going, and she could kind of look ahead into the future. This is before she started Moxie. She was just kind of envisioning, here's what the rest of my junior year is going to look like. Here's what it's going to look like my senior year. This is how life is until I get out of here. And I guess things had just reached a point with her where she just couldn't take it anymore and I think maybe that's a point that most teens get to at some point in high school like they're done with kind of the status quo do you feel like moxie was kind of the way to go for her do you think she made the right choice with that well it was the right choice to do that because it led to such great change one of the things that I loved about this book was how she found this riot girl manifesto and here's what it said because we don't want to assimilate to someone else's and in parentheses boy standards of what is or isn't because we are angry at a society that tells us girls equal dumb girls equal bad girls equal weak and because i believe with my whole heart mind body that girls constitute a revolutionary soul force that can and will change the world for real. So my question is for you, have you ever, do you feel like you've gotten the message, whether it was from media or from the way people talk or teachers or people at church? So have you ever gotten that message that girls are dumb, girls are bad, girls are weak? Do you ever feel like that's being messaged at you or even just flat out? said not specifically like off the top of my head okay so what questions do you have for me about the book i was gonna ask you are you a feminist and what does that mean to you if you are so i don't know that i can say that i am or i'm not i do know that i support women's rights but i also feel like when you slap that label of feminist on it puts up a wall where people kind of have like what we talked about before this preconceived idea and especially i would say and this is something i don't know that you and i have really ever talked about before but as a believer as a christian thinking about that because i think the messaging of the church for so much of history has been very male dominated to some extent which i think for you isn't such a big deal because i know where we go to church right now women are very involved in teaching and in preaching and 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 serving and all those things. And I love that that's kind of the church culture that you're in, but it's very different than the one that I was brought up in. And one of my favorite Bible study authors, her name is Beth Moore, recently came out with kind of an open letter to her Christian brothers, which really pointed out a lot of interesting things, I thought, things that I'd never thought of before about how in the Bible, how Christ was really kind of a feminist, if you think about it, because when he taught women at his feet, like, you know, the story of Mary Mary and Martha, 
um, where Mary chose the better way or whatever and is at, at his feet listening, well, that was revolutionary because women weren't really allowed to sit and be taught that way by rabbis at that time. So you have that going on. You have the women who um, who were his, part of his disciples who traveled around with him. And then you have the fact, and this is what Beth Moore pointed out in this letter that I'm talking about, the fact that when Christ rose from the dead, who did he first appear to? Do you remember? Because I didn't remember this. Mary? Yes, Mary Magdalene. So... In the Bible, like, if you study it a lot, like, it is so important, the order of things, like what happened first and or who's named first, like there's significance to that. So the fact that Jesus appeared to a woman first, like, I think was a huge message. So he really was elevating women within that culture in a way that hadn't been done before. So yeah, I think I'm that kind of, uh, kind of feminist where I want to be able to make sure that women who are marginalized or preyed upon or subjugated in any way, I am against that. And I want to do something about things like that, right? So I don't know if that's what you would call a feminist or not. If that's what it is, then yeah. But I'm definitely not. I I, I think the part of kind of the perception of feminism that I don't like is that they're man haters because I'm kind of the opposite of that. I'm so grateful for all the things that males bring. Like, you know, with your dad and I, like, I just feel like he balances me out and his, the way he looks at things and his perspective on things as a man is so important. That's why feminism to me is wanting it to be equal. Right. Between, because it's not just about women, it's about women and men being equal. Right. But I think there is this perception of kind of the angry, bitter person who is kind of the feminist. And I I see the look of puzzlement on your face, and I'm so glad for that. Because to me, like, you think of the label as angry rioter or whatever. Uh-huh. And to me... I think of like I think of like women marching in a parade. Like I don't know why I think of that. I just think like people like holding up signs like in a parade. And like when I think of that, I'm just like that's kind of weird, you know. And that was that was like all I thought before I read this book. I think that that's interesting that you had this kind of parade and and marching kind of picture of what feminism was. So as I was kind of looking through and doing notes and stuff earlier, I noticed that Vivian is over at her friend Lucy's house at one point, and she notices this quote that's on her wall that says, Lord. "Huh? It's by Lord. Yes, that says, your silence will not protect you. So what does that mean to you? What do you think that means? I think that means if you don't stand up for yourself, nothing is going to change, and you're just going to stay in the place you are, whether you're hurt or like hurt physically or emotionally or someone's done something to you, you know? Like if you don't speak up, it's just gonna stay with you and nothing is gonna happen. I like that. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, because I know this was something a little bit similar to what you went through this past year, I think, where part of the book was 
it seemed like for several, at least a good week or so, this school administration was randomly like pulling girls out of class and and dress coding them, like making them change. And it sounds like at Vivian's high school, the dress code wasn't very specific. So they could pretty much kind of pull girls out for whatever and make them change and make them put on like gross school gym clothes or whatever. So I know we've talked about this a little bit, but talk about this kind of what happened with you similarly. Okay, so my experience was definitely different because with us, the girls didn't have to stand up and like be judged and like looked up and down by the administration, but we would get pulled out and the administration would just tell us to go to the office because we were dress coded. But this was on a test day and test days are when everyone wears leggings. So practically every single girl was wearing leggings. So they just decided on this random day that they were gonna start dress coding people, which girls have gotten away with wearing leggings like all the time, except this one day since like all of us were wearing them, they just decided, oh, we're gonna dress code everyone because the dress code was specific, but we thought it was okay since we had been doing this throughout the whole year, you know? Right. And when you say testing day, let's let's kind of clarify that a little bit because here in the state of Texas, they have star testing. It's the state standardized testing and it is a big, big, big deal. So yeah, like if I didn't pass all my tests, I wouldn't move on to my next grade. Right. So do you, So you said you didn't feel like it was exactly the same as what was in the book, but how do you feel like it was similar? Well, I think it was similar because what it sounded like in the book was that they just chose a random day just to like start dress coding people, which is like exactly what happened to me because they could have been doing this throughout the whole year so that we would know not to wear leggings. So you're saying if they were enforced it more at the beginning, everybody would know and it wouldn't have been an issue. Right. Right. Well, and we had the discussion, like, they are very specific, and so, yeah, your sweatshirt that you were wearing over your leggings was probably an inch shorter, maybe less than an inch shorter than it should have been, so you were break, technically breaking dress code, but I also understood, like, you were, you guys were just trying to be comfy. It's not like you were trying to get away with something. It's just you were... Yeah, and the other thing is... So they only have like a few pairs of sweatpants for the girls who like first get dress coded. And after they run out of sweatpants, they give you gym shorts. But they started running out of gym shorts. So I heard that they just started sending girls to ISS, which is in school suspension, which actually like goes on like your school record or whatever, which is it just sounds unfair to me because that would just be like you're just the unlucky person who happens to be dress coded towards the end of the day but but you don't know for sure that that went on their permanent record right like surely they didn't do that I'm, I bet they didn't. I would hope that they wouldn't. I know that they were sent to ISS. I just don't know if it was, like, on the record. Right. Even but that would, it, be, that would be a very stressful thing to have happen on a testing day, I'm sure. Yeah, and even if it wasn't on the record, it was still wrong because, like, we didn't know that we weren't supposed to wear Like, we didn't know that this was going to be the day we were happen, we happened to get dress coded because it, it had been never happened before, and... 
They yeah. just happen to be the last person. But that's kind of like, that's here's my comparison to that. That's kind of like if you're driving on a freeway and everybody, you know, quote unquote, knows that you can go 70 on the freeway, even though the speed limit is 60, the police still can pull you out, will pull you over for going 70, possibly. Like, you know that they can still do it. And even if you're going 61 instead of 60, they can give you a ticket. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's still yeah, it's but, still not the right thing to do. But the do. punishment was supposed to just be changing your clothes. Like, I don't understand why they had to change the punishment to ISS. I guess because they ran out of gym stuff to wear. Well, yeah, but still, like, they could have literally just sat in that office. Oh, instead of ISS? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Well, I just thought of that when I read that part because although it, it did sound a little more traumatic in the book, and I guess that is is maybe, I don't know that we've talked about it this way, but it, it feels like everything was heightened in the book, like it was much more dramatic for effect, I think. But then again, I also wonder if in smaller towns, like they were talking about this Rockport small town in Texas, if maybe this is more like what it is. I would be interested to know if if people have experiences like this in smaller smaller communities. I don't know. All right. Thank you so much, Miss Casey, for talking about the book with me. I hope you will consider coming on the show again. I know our reading tastes are a little bit different, but thank you so much for reading this book. Okay. There you have it, friends. Now, as I listened to our raw footage and edited it, I kept thinking things like, oh, I didn't follow through on that thought or I should have said this to Casey too, or even I forgot to ask her about that part of the book. Or, man, I went on and on about that part when I should have just listened. But then I stopped myself because, you know, this is real life. Unscripted and just trying to connect when the opportunity presents itself. And in the moment, I had to let Casey direct the flow of things because if I didn't, it would have shut the conversation down. Now, I don't know if you experience similar things with your teens, this careful dance of staying alert for any openings with your teen, being able to pull out just the right word or tool or story or snippet of wisdom or whatever it is that is needed in the moment, then jumping back so we don't overstay our welcome. I don't think it's something I'll ever get exactly right, but that's okay. Because as long as I'm trying to connect, as long as you are trying to connect, it counts, right? Now, I would love to hear about the conversations you have about Moxie. How's it going with connecting with your team? You can share with me on Facebook or Instagram or shoot me a direct message or an email. There are links to all of that in my show notes. And please don't forget to sign up for the last book in the Connection Not Perfection Summer Lit Club. It is Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. I just finished it last week and I'm so excited to get to talk about it with you guys because it is fantastic. For me, it was a little bit of a slow start, but once I got through the first few chapters, it ended up really just grabbing me and keeping my attention and was very adventurous. So if you have started it and are maybe kind of lagging a little bit and feeling like you don't enjoy it as much as you thought you would, I just encourage you to push through because by the end, you'll be all in, I hope. That's how it happened for me. Now, you can sign up for that if by going to theishgirl.com forward slash EP17. 
That's episode 17 and get all the details there. Now, I hope you'll join me again on Monday as I'll be doing a Facebook Live event. I'm going to uh, be talking about Moxie again, and I want you to share your thoughts about it, ask any questions that you have, and just connect with me over the book. So I hope you'll join me for that. That'll be at 6 p.m. Central Time. That's 6 p.m. Central Time on That would be Monday, June 23rd. So I hope you can join me for that. In the meantime, I would love for you to jump on my website and take the survey I have there. You again can go to the ishgirl.com and it's at the very top of the page in the menu and taking it will automatically enter you in the Connection Not Perfection Summer Lit Club sweepstakes. So hurry to get it done before August 14th when I will be awarding the prizes during the last Facebook live event for the Summer Lit Club. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And just remember from an ish girl who is a tiny bit concerned that calling Jesus a feminist might cause some backlash. Um, sorry, not sorry. It's all about connection, not perfection.